It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, last fall, Episcopalians in Utah welcomed a new bishop. In September, Bishop Phyllis Spiegel was consecrated as the 12th bishop of Utah for the Episcopal Church. And we are just thrilled beyond belief to not just have her, but to have her in studio today uh, to talk about her role, to talk about some of the important work that's happening and what's coming next. Uh, And uh, Bishop Spiegel, we are so thrilled to have you here. Welcome to Inside Sources. Boyd, what a delight to be here with you and your listeners today. Well, we are just thrilled, and uh, I know you have been just a little busy since September. (laughs) Yes, it's it's been fast and furious, but really fun and fast and furious. Yeah, well, one of the things that I love about your approach is that you're you're focused on this idea of deepening discipleship through that that daily discipline, uh, and also just talking about that daily walk with God, and uh, give us a little sense of that. Well, this work came to the Episcopal Church through our Presiding Bishop, Bishop Michael Curry. Some people know him from the, the royal wedding that yes. he did, but he's, he's our leader of, of the whole Episcopal Church worldwide. And he realized that, that Episcopalians needed to go back to the roots of having a, a daily rule of life. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, boy, it changed my life. Yeah. So the more it changed my life, the more I want it to change other people's lives with it. Yeah. So now it's just my soapbox, and I stand <laughs> on it at every chance I get. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah, so there's seven practices that we bring into our daily life of, of turning, turning from our own ways to God's mm-hmm. ways. So just stopping and saying, you know, trying to make a decision. Well, wait, I, am I the agent of that, or, yeah. or do I need to ask God? So this is like love learning that. and praying and worshiping and Blessing and going out in the world and then resting. And that's yeah. countercultural, that yeah. last one. So, yeah, we yeah. actually talk about that in the context of uh, something I found from George MacDonald, uh, who said uh, way back in the 1800s that is not, it is not always required of man to work. There is such a thing as sacred idleness. And he was worried that it was being neglected back in the 1800s. And so that rest, that pause, uh, is so important in our lives today. George would not be happy with where we are today. He would not. (laughs) (laughs) He would definitely not. Uh, So we we love that whole idea of rest and and pausing and slowing down uh, just to make sure we got our bearings straight in terms of what we are and where we're doing. You focus a lot on uh, this community of Christ, building this sacred community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that and how you're trying to implement that here in the state of Utah. Community is probably the most important word. It's about reaching out to others. It's, it's the great commandment. Mm. So you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Yeah. And you will love your neighbor as you love yourself. So love of God and love of neighbor are inextricable. Yeah. So how I walk in my life as a disciple is how I walk with my neighbor. And my neighbor is not defined as, you know, the people who live on my street. That's right. <laughs> Although I have to say, one of the things I love about Utah is I have amazing neighbors. you got a good street. Oh, I've got a great street. So there's, there is a, a, a beauty to saying it breaks our isolation, right? Out yeah. of the last three years, isolation has been a huge word. Well, let's put community in place of that. Let's yeah. really build up who are the needs of others, who are whose needs are not being seen. And and, and when we think about that, that's not always people who uh, are, are unhoused or the people who, who are below poverty line. We think about those, sure. those neighbors, but also 
we have neighbors who are isolated through age or mm. illness yeah. or um, their family doesn't live near them. Yeah. So yeah. building community, it's the way we know God. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that connectedness, I, I think, is such an important thing uh, that I think we've really lost during the course of the pandemic. And not just the pandemic. I think even with all our technology, it was actually making us more disconnected then connected on the important things, those crucial conversations and, and that connection. I know one of the areas that you're really focusing on is is that connectedness uh, as it relates to stepping in the breach uh, mm-hmm. in terms of getting across our differences and uh, as it relates to racism and division. Uh, how are we approaching that as a disciple and community? We have a four pillars to what we call becoming beloved community. So mm. that, that phrase has been used since the civil rights time. Right. And so that becoming beloved community, the, the four pillars of tell the story. So that's mm. the first way we go across yeah. the breach is we invite space. We create space and invite people in it to it to tell their story, which means we have to be really good listeners. We need your <laughs> listening skills, boy. Like that's, that's what we need. So as we encounter people, to start learning how to tell, ask a really good question. Yeah. You know, when we're standing in the grocery store line, ask a good question. Yeah. And, or, a, and, and an even better follow-up question, better, right? Because you're <laughs> to, listening. To really listen. Because I think listening, listening. Uh, I'm so glad you, you started with that because to me, listening is the most holy thing we can do for another person is not just to kind of listen and then say what we want to say, but to truly listen and be listening so intent that your natural response is another question. Yesterday, three times during the day, the story of Jesus with the woman at the well came up in mm. conversation. And you know when that happens, boy, three times, three times. <laughs> Someone's well, saying something. Episcopalians <laughs> love three. You know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three's our number. But but it is. There's there's a message there. And 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 Jesus sat and listened with this woman in the heat of the day. So mm. I'm thinking about you know my first August in Salt Lake City. Sitting out on the front <laughs> plaza of the Episcopal Church Center and listening. You know, that's, that's some listening skills right there. That's, that's the teacher that we have on how to listen. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, I also want to get something. You've got an event coming up tomorrow. You've had some of uh, your people down at a uh, Rooted in Jesus conference. Tell us about that. So this conference happened just prior to COVID in Atlanta. Uh, So the whole Episcopal Church gathered together and brought people to say, we're going to be rooted in Jesus. mm. We're going to walk in the way of love, which is the way of Jesus's love. And so brought people together in like what we would call like a huge revival. I mean, this thing was filled with spirit. (laughs) The music was incredible. And then COVID hit. And so everybody had this enthusiasm and then it couldn't go anywhere. So when the... uh, 
Diocese of Utah wrote their profile looking for a new bishop. That was front and center. The question is, we want a bishop who's going to do something with our passion yeah. for Rooted in Jesus. And I'm like, you are singing my song. <laughs> and so I really, so from that time when I first read it in the profile uh, a year and a half ago, yeah. it's here, it's tomorrow. So uh, we, we uh, are doing what we call a homecoming for the people who went to Rooted in mm. Jesus. Come on, let's get back. Let yeah. Tell me tell what you story. heard. Yeah. Tell the story. <laughs> That's right. And so we're going to start with that, actually. We're going to break into groups and say, what lit your heart on fire? What do you think the Episcopal Church uh, should be doing in Utah? Who is it that we should be talking to? Who's our neighbor? Yeah. Oh. Who should we be loving like Jesus loves? Yeah. And and that's that's a hallmark of the Episcopal Church is we love we love broadly without barrier. Yeah. You know, and so to to really talk about that um, tomorrow. So we're gonna be we're gonna be praying some good prayers, singing some good songs, and really rooting ourselves oh. in, in the love and power of Jesus. I love that when when you were describing that because I love the way you can tell a story. Uh, the image that came to my mind with that COVID break in between. So you have this rooted in Jesus and then you have COVID. And it was, I just had this visual of being, everyone feeling being buried, mm. uh, but they really weren't being buried. I think we were being planted. Like, we were dormant. Right. Right. It's the season of dormancy yeah. that allows the growth. Yeah. And so we're now ready it's to that bloom. Time. Ready we're to go. ready to bloom. Oh, I love yeah. that. I also know you've got a, a conference coming up in April. Uh, tell us about that. That one's maybe uh, I'm excited about it, but also really nervous because that's that's a big official act for me as the bishop. So Robert's rules of order, you know, I'll have somebody whispering in my ear, "Uh, Bishop, you forgot to do. (laughs) But but we're going to start it from the very beginning as the whole conference is going to be organized according to becoming beloved community. Mm. So from the very, very first moment on uh, we're going to have we always have an opening worship as we do in the church right we're going to have an opening worship but instead of doing it just amongst ourselves we're going to be out in price is where we're having it i want it to go into the the middle of of the state wonderful the diocese is the whole state and so the region of the i should say of the episcopal (laughs) church that that i'm over is the whole state of utah plus page arizona so we're going to be in price and we're going to invite the ecumenical leaders of the churches in Price to join us for that worship. Mm. So we'll be out at the fairgrounds outside. Hopefully spring will be doing its thing yeah. and we yep. won't be in too many parkas. But, <laughs> and, and we're going to uh, ask that the, the, the churches of Price pray for the work that we're doing as mm-hmm. Episcopalians and then ask them what we can pray for for their work. Yeah. And that together we are more and that that's the community Beautiful. There are not barriers in the yeah. body of Christ. Ah, so powerful. So, so powerful. I want to sneak in on one last question before we run out of time here. Uh, so as you've begun this effort as the 12th bishop uh, of the Episcopal Church here for the state of Utah, uh, what has surprised you? What have you learned uh, since uh, beginning this, this journey of discipleship uh, here in the state of Utah? The needs of people are great. The unhoused population has got to be addressed. The, the needs that we all have of protecting the Great Salt Lake, mm-hmm. of protecting our national monuments, because we are we are only as good as our land. Yeah. Right. And then uh, there's a lot of work to be done on racism. Yeah. The the Utes are a powerful part of our Episcopal Church, and I feel the need to to create spaces for conversation. Yeah within this state to lift up, to lift up the needs of others. That's, it's what I'm called to. So I am really excited to be here and blessed 
to be in the state of Utah. Uh, well, we are thrilled to have you in the state of Utah. And uh, as, as you said, you have a big bite and a long chew uh, <laughs> coming with, uh, with everything that you have going on. And I have about 57,000 other questions. So uh, this is not again, the boy. end. We're gonna, this is just the end of the beginning today. Uh, right. uh, but so thrilled to have joining us today, Bishop Phyllis Spiegel, of course, consecrated as the 12th Bishop of Utah for the Episcopal Church uh, last fall. And uh, if you ever just want to walk away with a smile on your face and a different view of your fellow travelers. Uh, just hang out with Bishop Spiegel. Uh, it only takes five minutes. Uh, Bishop, thanks so much for joining us today. What a blessing. Thank you so much. All right, we'll step aside for top of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.